Who wants to be a crypto millionaire? Well, duh, who doesn't want to be a crypto millionaire? We love stories of people who take risks to follow their dreams. And today's show features a gentleman who escaped the nine to five cubicle life to follow his gut feeling that this crypto world was going to be huge. And now Dan Conway is a crypto millionaire and author of a new book. So for the million dollars, which crypto show is guaranteed to provide information and entertainment? This one, it's episode number 318 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, Who's bad? And welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious, the crypto serious, and the crypto travelists, because Travis is on the road. I am travel, tra- traveling, travelist, Travis. <laughs> You're Travis-a-link. <laughs> Travis-a-link. I'm yeah. traversing. You're off to uh, what, Europe? Going back to Europe. Yep, yep. Mm. Very going nice. To Barcelona. And actually, I'm, I'm flying into uh, to Italy and then going to drive over to Barcelona. So that should be fun. Oh, yeah. Well, that is still one of the places that is really high on my bucket list. I so badly want to see La Sagrada Familia. And yeah. one of these days, Beautiful. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to make it there. I've been there. Mm. It, is, it, is, it is very nice. There's an agency there in, in Barcelona that I'll be working with. So. Uh, yeah, it's exciting. It's going to be fun. But we realized we needed a Tuesday show, and we've had the interviews all set up, but we did not have the Joel and Travis uh, pre-show banter, and so we needed to do this before I flew away. Yeah, the post-show banter. And Travis, do you know who else is in Europe? Lots of people. Millions and millions of people, actually. Yeah, in fact, 11 million of them are on eToro. Ooh, how's that for a segue? Yes, yes, eToro is huge in Europe. They're our show sponsor, and they are the best way to be smart about trading crypto. But guess what? Not just Europe anymore, gang. Nope, they're here in the U.S. of A now. You can download the eToro app on your smartphone, whether it be an Android or an iOS device. Even one of them, their newfangled iOS 13.5.8 devices or whatever it is you've got and you could trade 15 of the most popular crypto assets join and connect with 11 million other eToro traders around the world create your account today we still have just a few pair of bad coin socks left and you can get them if you go to badco.in forward slash eToro by the way i found out today travis that we have dozens of international users who signed up um, put money into their eToro account and did not open a position. You can't get your eToro socks unless you open a position. Go to badco.in yeah. forward slash eToro and do it. Do it. Great stuff. And, and Joel and I are having a little friendly competition. You should check us out there on eToro. Uh, my handle is bad crypto. I believe yours is what, Joel.com. You can watch yeah. us lose money. I, and, I, and I am losing money right now. Mm. Not, not, I think this market is indicating is, is indicating that right there for us. 
let's uh, let's bring this market back. Also, quick shout out to the GoDaddy of blockchain. That's Nasgo, where you can tokenize your business today with no coding required. And you know what? I uploaded the uh, Amico app last night, Travis, and to log in to the Amico app and see your cryptos, all you got to do is put your phone number in and it sends you, you know, the, the verification with the six digit number, you put it in, you're logged in. You don't have to remember these complicated keys. It's so freaking easy to use. And uh, I like to see my NASGO in my Amico wallet. It makes me happy. Very nice. Yep. Check them out. Nasgo.com if you want to tokenize your business and have access to this easy-to-use wallet. So, Travis, this interview that uh, we're about to jump into with Dan Conway was super fun. Oh, yeah. The Confessions of a Crypto Millionaire Guy. This guy has balls the size of China to be able <laughs> to say, you know, hey, honey, I'm going to I'm gonna take out a loan and I'm going to do all of this and I'm gonna, we're going to invest it all in Ethereum. Like, that's his wife must be a saint. Are both balls the size of China or just one testicle China size? You know, is it like two Chinas? I'm not sure, but I'm not sure how they would get through TSA. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is great. You guys are going to enjoy this from working in the uh, the cubicle workplace for a unnamed, well, kind of named. He didn't name it, but I figured out who he worked for. uh, Fortune 500 company, Fortune 100 company to becoming a crypto millionaire. Enjoy this interview with Dan Conway. Well, it's not exactly a rags to riches story, but it is a not so rich to riches story as there has uh, been a flood of crypto related books that have been coming our way and by flood i mean several you know i mean it's not like there's hundreds but there's several on my desk and this one really caught our attention because the author is you know he's just a regular dude that had a corporate job was extremely frustrated with it saw the vision of crypto decided that his cojones were the size of elephants and uh, took a risk and now is the author of a book called Confessions of a Crypto Millionaire, My Unlikely Escape from Corporate America. His name is Dan Conway. And Dan, welcome to Bad Crypto. Oh, hey, hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So is it true that you have cojones the size of an elephant? (laughs) Well, you know, like the whole book is trying to answer that question. Like, what the hell happened? It's not you know, it's not really like a, a, a like a rebuttal to the people who say I got lucky. It's more of a response because I was uh, I was realized, you know, like in the second or third painful draft, I was trying to figure out how it all happened. Now, that, now that's wild. So so the folks who haven't had the chance to read the book, maybe give a give the lowdown of, of what transcribed because I, I think you were you were working at a job, a soul crushing job in corporate America. Yeah. And then you know, some other things that happened and all of a sudden you understood that you found out this crypto thing and then you just went all in on Ethereum. So what, what, what happened? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was, ooh, let me see, I was like in my early forties, 44, I guess, mid forties, geez. Uh, and you know, I was working at a big company, which, you know, I call Acme in the book for, for legal reasons. And, right. um, and, and I was, yeah, it was, it was soul crushing, like a lot of people's jobs. You know, what I always say at this point is like, listen, most people on the planet would love to be in a soul crushing corporate job. Um, we were paying the bills, going out to pizza, paying our energy, you know, our the PG&E bills and all that kind of thing. But it was like kind of what, uh, it was kind of a life of quiet desperation in a lot of ways. You know, I, I never, 
I got to a certain point in my career. My wife and I are raising three kids and, you know, big mortgage, lots of expenses. Again, uh, you know, listen, upper middle class. I mean, we live, we own a home in the, in the Bay Area. And, and so there's no other way to say that, but it didn't really feel like it. You know, we had like, you know, you bang up a fender, you, you know, freaking washing machine breaks. It's like, oh my God, you know? So we were, um, since the 2008 financial crisis where we lost our equity line, my wife does PR uh, as a consultant. She lost all our clients. We had been kind of like struggling back and we were doing fine, but we would use our credit cards to get through certain months and things like that. And we didn't, we finally got our equity line back. But, you know, in corporate America, I got to a point where I got to like a lower to mid-level executive position at a big company, really lower executive at this company. And, you know, I, I, I suddenly the thing that was going to allow me to keep my job in this big centralized company and to advance is what I really wanted and needed to do um, for the money. And also because, you know, uh, because you, you, I always want to be advancing, you know, and, and, uh, was a leadership presence, you know, uh, like leadership, you know, your leadership presence. And, you know, I just, I never had it. I, I would like crack a joke, one too many jokes. I'd get insecure and talk too little. I'd get manic and talk too much. Nothing like, you know, clinical, but I nice. just, yeah. Yeah. I just didn't have sounds this. Like me in the corporate reference. world, cr- cracking up awkward jokes at the wrong time. That sounds like me. <laughs> Dude, totally. <laughs> no, that's why you have a podcast and it works beautifully. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I was, you know, I was, and I'd never really been on the, I'd never been on the cutting edge of anything, you know? I mean, I was, I, you know, I'd done just fine. Like I'm a reasonably intelligent guy and, you know, and, and, uh, but I, I never, you know, like, like, you know, I just, I'd never been on the cutting edge of anything, especially tech. I mean, I was like normal, you know, like <laughs> normal, not a, not like one of these uh, crypto jujitsus with tech. And I was at a really low point in my career. I just came across an article on Bitcoin and it was, you know, I'd heard about it like most of us years before in 11, 12, 13, something like that. And it, it you know, it, it, it was about 300 when I, there's somewhere in the 300s when I first came across it. And I just, the simple thought of, uh, what if it goes up again? Just the pure speculative, sort of like at a low point in my financial life and career life, and that's what kind of led me down the rabbit hole. And and uh, you know, and and I just started learning. You know, it started off with just pure greed, and then it just like the more I learned, um, and what I talk about in the book is it kind of pulled in both sides of my personality. You know, it was like my you know reasonably intelligent, interesting kind of ability to get very obsessive about things that side of my personality like i've always been open to new ideas and things like that i'm not like a closed-minded traditionalist and so you know i loved all that um and in addition man the talk of decentralization i mean i was in one of the most centralized companies in the world and I, the bureaucracy the chains of command the corporate the need to hew to a corporate culture all that stuff was just killing me. And, you know, it was the institutions, uh, not so much the people, but just like the way it was all set up, it was not working for me. So all the decentralization, especially when I learned about Ethereum, and that's why Ethereum and Ether became my coin was because this idea of decentralized organizations, I, I knew it wasn't going to happen overnight. Um, and uh, I didn't know enough to really evaluate the tech itself, but I saw enough people really, you know, like smart people, credible organizations, institutions that I just, I, I sort of like, um, I got into ether and that became my coin because of that focus on decentralization. And let me just say one other thing, which is that, you know, like, again, I'm talking about what, how did it happen in the book? Because, you know, that, that wouldn't have been enough for me 
to invest. If that was just, you know, oh, I'm a progressive thinker and I'm open to new ideas. But I have this other side, which I call flip side in the book. And he's an addict. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's, you know, pissed. He wants to be number one. Illusions of, you know, inferiority complex with illusions of grandeur, as we say in recovery circles. And, and in fact, I I was in recovery and I am in recovery. You know, I uh, early, you know, but like a few years before I got into crypto, I had been completely sober for uh, three, four years. I can't remember. It's all the dates are in the book, but, um, I, I, uh, had, uh, I had alcoholism in the past. I started drinking again after we had the third kid. I, my wife had never seen me drink. I convinced her it was a good idea. Then I quickly got into pills and, um, you know, I, I, I was a, a complete, uh, Vicodin addict, oxys, any of the opiates, uh, I would take. And I, I actually had a drug dealer. I went and went to pill Hill and the tenderloin. So I, I also had, so it was like my like wonderful human being side. Uh, and then also this other side that was just like, you know, let's go for it. Let's do it. This will make us, mm. this will make us whole again. You know, and that's what I'm trying to kind of unwind in the book. Well, we've all got that shadow side, right? And it's just a matter of t- typically yeah. when we're extreme on one side, the flip side can be, uh, you know, just as just as, as extreme. So how did your wife deal with you saying, I'm going to invest everything and borrow 200 grand against my home? Yeah, well, so it kind of happened in stages. And uh, really what happened was, was, you know, I, she knows I get obsessive about things. I get really into it. I was really into blogging for a couple of years. I'm really, I was really into writing and blogging, which, you know, um, but so, and it was like kind of all I would talk about for a couple of years. <laughs> it's like, you know, how many likes I got on my blog posts and stuff like that. So by the way, I, you have not updated your blog since May 14th, 2018, just saying. <laughs> I got to I know this damn book got in the way, but you're it's right. No longer, it's it's no longer addicted to blogging. Good job. You broke, you broke your <laughs> habit. Dropped it. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I gotta, I gotta update this book took up all my energy, but no, you're right. I've gotta, I've gotta write some stuff, but well, you don't, you do do what you want to do uh, is, you know, is really the point. Who cares if you blog, if you want to blog, don't, if you don't, I mean, you got enough money now go travel the world. I mean, yeah. who, who gives a rip about blogging? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. You know, go buy the ice cream Sunday. I, you know, I, I did for, for part of book promotion, I got to update it and make it more. Um, but you know, this takes more than you would think, uh, you know, just trying to get it to the right people. And, you know, as you and I were talking about before, it's, it's hard to get people to read a book and you spend so much time on it, but, um, I love the, the beauty. I mean, I, it took so much and then I'll answer the, the, question here about how it actually went down but it takes so much to write a book i mean i had to go so deep to get this out not like it was like some deep masterpiece or something like that but just in your own brain especially when it's a memoir to try to like just really get at what it is it took so like every ounce of my writing muscles was like running a marathon that i like i have very i had to write an essay for part of this process a 2000 word essay and it was a really good opportunity um, and I, it was just so hard. I realized how tired my muscles were. My brain was just like, no, no, we're not doing this. Remember? Like we, we did that. We're taking a break. And I'm like, come on guys, let's get in there. But, um, but anyway, so I, as I went, went down, you know, as I started to get more into crypto and become more and more into it, I, I talked to my wife a little bit about it, but not a lot because a, she didn't want to hear it. And B, I knew that, uh, you know, cons- especially considering my background that, uh, that I, and I know her background. She's not, uh, you know, she's, she's, she's not, 
she's she she wouldn't have probably been into this concept <laughs> to put it lightly and so i as i went deeper and deeper she sometimes she saw me like watching videos like there'd be like vitalik on the on our big screen i'd be watching it like late at night when i'd usually be watching like game of thrones or homeland or something and she was kind of curious about like like who the hell's that i'm like oh you know it's the inventor of the new technology i'm interested in you know and it's like well okay <laughs> like that's really weird but whatever then I just I just went so far down, man, and I just became convinced. I mean, I I just became so convinced that Ether was going to pop. And and you know, yes, I ended up being right about you know there was a lot of ups and downs in the book, but I ended up being right that it was going to pop. I'm not saying that I was like the you know so brilliant that I saw it was going to happen. All I can say is my state of mind. I was absolutely 100 percent every ounce of my being after spending like literally you know I would spend like four or five hours a night. Uh, I mean, I was obsessed. I would I knew everything that was going on. I I was just like following everything, all the Reddit's, all the Twitters, all the stuff. Man, and, that's great. Yeah, it was. It was great. Yeah, it was great. It was getting me to an extreme position. You know, it was getting me to an extreme position. And, you know, it just like happened slowly. Um, so I finally had enough after I left the meeting and uh, I folded up the papers in my uh, jacket and I walked down to Wells Fargo, the same bank that had pulled our equity line. And I went in there and uh, I I set it all up and I was going to wire. Um, we we'd had we had this like amazing windfall, like three months before. And we'd never had anything like this. Before. My mom sold her house and gave us some money. I had some some stock options that finally vested. My wife's startup got acquired by Microsoft and she got like 20 grand. And so we, in total, we had about a hundred grand. And it was like our security blanket because my job was, you know, not going well. And we had never had it before other than like our 401ks and stuff. Um, and so I went there and I just, I, 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 I had enough and I set it up and I started wiring the, all of it, hundred grand to Gemini. They were the first big ones to offer ether. And right as it was about, you know, halfway through the wire, you know, there's these like, processes and screens. I looked down on my phone and my wife had texted me and, and she said, what the fuck is this? And it was a, a text alert from Wells Fargo to her phone saying, like, you have a hundred thousand dollars. Oh man. <laughs> that was bad. You, you do have huge balls. Yeah. I guess. I don't know what you call it, but yeah, I have something there. And so so and, so was she like, I'm divorcing your ass right now. And I'm like, honey, you should probably wait until Ethereum price goes up. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, What is Ethereum? Like, is this a cult? Is this like what is this? Is this like uh, do we have to go to like gambling anonymous? That's like so what funny. is it? Yeah. And so, how just for just for reference, like how what was the price of Ethereum around that time? It was like, okay, right around then it was right around ten dollars. It was somewhere. Okay, wow, nice. So 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 like January two thousand eighteen, you were really so this happy. was like no, this was like yeah, so this was like this is like um June. So um this was like what two thousand two thousand what year what year was this? This was like this was like June two thousand sixteen. Okay, okay. And so so, so a year and a half later, it's worth fifteen hundred bucks, and you're looking like a freaking genius, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, we made a deal, and I was able to put it in. I mean, I stopped the wire. We talked about it. We made this really weird deal um, that worked, and we, uh, I put the money in, and then like two weeks later, the Dow hack happened, and we lost like sixty percent of our money. I made, uh, I made my only disastrous trade. I thought, you know, I, I wasn't worried. I mean, I, I was convinced. I was like, there's nothing that would. I, I was like bullish to the extreme, <laughs> and, right, and I was. Right. So I highly bullish, uh, highly bullish, man, like, you know, irrationally mouth foaming bullish. And uh, and so um, 
anyway, we, we, we ended up making a disastrous trade. It was down 60% and we lost 25% of our stack. Uh, then I got mm. fired from my job. And so nice. it was a bad, bad, bad scene, you know? Um, and, uh, and she's like, I told you, I told you not to do that. I don't know what the hell's your problem is. Uh, you know, she just went off on you, didn't she? No, she didn't because she didn't she like didn't. to talk about money. No, she, we didn't, uh, I didn't even, I didn't even tell her about it. I mean, this is the uh, thing I really, oh <laughs> and she didn't want to know. I mean, she would, and, and, and then thirdly, I wasn't even that worried. And I was, I was more worried that I thought that disastrous trade, I lost my stack. I wasn't so worried about the price, but then as, as June turned into the fall and the winter, then, then it was, it was getting, I mean, you know, ETH, kept dropping, kept dropping, kept dropping. It was down like in the $6 range by the end of the year. And it was just troll brigade, troll brigade on the, on the reddits. And I was, you know, I was, but still, I was, I, but still, I was, I was convinced. Um, we, you know, I'd started doing PR for some crypto projects uh, and that was fun, but it was like, Oh God, you know, maybe the timing's right, but it's going to be a decade. I mean, the time, the thing was right, but it was going to take a decade to happen. So then I, I, I go in in the book and I discuss, what led to you know the really the really insane move, uh, which you know after we made the deal, my wife said, okay, listen, this is making you happy. You can like do what you want. You know, I had, I had talked to her a lot about it, and she was not a believer, but she didn't think we were going to get rich. Um, but she she just for whatever reason, and I I really do a lot of explaining about how that went down in the book. Uh, but anyway, and I I I my my next and final play was uh, was I I ended up. You know, we don't have any more uh, like money in our bank account. So um, I went into the house and I pulled, we got our equity line back and I put another 250 grand in, in ETH uh, right around, you know, in January 2017 over a period of a couple of weeks. I've learned because I, you know, before I was selling and buying, the markets were shallow then. And with the amounts I was putting in, I was causing like some bear runs, some panic. And, and then also like, price was going up it was really thin then so anyway that was so we were in for 350 grand <laughs> that's crazy yeah all i, I want to know now karnak the magnificent is what's next you know what what is the next big crypto come on throw, throw the rest <laughs> of us peons a bone here <laughs> yeah god i wish i knew i mean so after we ended up getting out uh i really focused on writing this book because i mean i just like you guys I mean, I can, I, you know, when you're a writer, you, you kind of have to have your writing hat on. And then you're like looking at the story objectively. And I always love reading career memoirs. I always love reading like business memoirs, stuff like that. And, you know, like it's not rags to riches, like you said, but it's it's a guy stuck in the middle of corporate America who was able to get financial independence. So I knew it was a great story. Uh, objectively, I you know, it's a great story. Um, and and so I really focused on writing the book for two years. And then I kind of popped up. I mean, I was tracking crypto. Yeah, every day, of course, but but I wasn't living it emotionally, and I didn't have the same energy behind it over this last couple of years. And um, and so I, you know, I'm following all the DeFi stuff, following you know Bitcoin rebound, store value, all this, all the good stuff in crypto, along with all the horrible price movements. And um, but I, I'm getting a lot of questions about that, and people are kind of like you, know, half tongue in cheek, right? I mean, they know that there's a there's a, I was in at the right time at the right place. I could have had the same thought, you know, uh, six months later and I'd be right now, I wouldn't be on the show. I'd be like, you know, <laughs> trying to find some other crappy job. And, 
And so I, I, I obviously have no idea, but I, I'm still bullish on the space. I'm still bullish, really bullish on Ether and Bitcoin. I mean, I just, for, for Bitcoin, it's been like, there's that principle that everyone says, the longer it exists, the more likely it is to exist. And it's just been around for so long. It's got the brand, it's got the security. Uh, it's not perfect. But and then on Ether, just there's so much development happening, man. I mean, I, I, I since, since finishing the book, I've really been diving in. So I know somewhat of what's happening, you know, lately. And just the DeFi stuff, all the, there's so many organizations, so many developers. I, I just, I have faith that the engineers, the developers, the, the user interface folks are going to figure out how to make it work for a mainstream audience once scale, once there's some scaling breakthrough. And the big risk I see, the black swan, is that some of this stuff turns out to be impossible. I, I, I think the most important stuff won't turn out to be impossible, like scaling. I think it all kind of hinges on that. Uh, how, how many friends do you have now? That's what I want to know. Like from, <laughs> from before, you know, 2016 to now, all of a sudden, he just probably. Got, he, he's got two new friends. Right. Yeah. We're, be- <laughs> we're best, best friends. friends yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, totally. You know, it's, it's like, uh, it's, it's, um, I mean, the book just came out on September 9th, but the, the cool thing about it has been, so, I mean, listen, the book goes through the demons, like the flip side and all this kind of stuff, the depression, the problems I had. My sister also uh, got sick and passed away from leukemia. And during this period, so it was a really, so most of the like old friends that have gotten in touch from college or, you know, just whatever, they're, they're very like, they're, you know, I'm ready to celebrate. I finished the book, you know, I mean, yeah, the money, but I'm like, God, I finished this thing. And they're like, we're so sorry what you, what you went through, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And of course, you know, the money's there too, but since they knew me, they're like, we had no idea, you know? And, and I'm like, guys, don't worry about it. You know, that's, that's in the past, you know, which it's not, you know, you got to always watch what you do in the future, but, um, but it's been a lot of that. And, uh, and then also, you know, but when you write a book about yourself, there's little anecdotes and scenes. The book is a series of scenes. That's like what Meserek talked about in his Bitcoin book. You know, you have to have scenes, you know, and, and people show up in various points in these scenes, usually with a different name. And I didn't include things that made people look bad, but, but, uh, so there's a lot of fun stuff like that. I've gotten a lot of, um, then, and then the final thing is like, yeah, like a lot of strangers, as they read the book, they'll let me know what they thought, or they'll hit me up on LinkedIn and they have like, they'll talk about, well, you know, we all have our crypto Genesis stories and, and everyone wants to talk, tell their crypto Genesis story. And I love them. I, if I, if I was into it, I think um, doing a podcast focused on crypto Genesis stories or having that as a segment, maybe you guys should do that. It's, it's interesting, you know, how people came from their different corners and the moment they got it, that kind of thing. Well, we, I mean, whenever we talk to somebody, that's part of, you know, what we ask them. So does AT&T suck? I just need to know. <laughs> no, no comment on that. <laughs> I mean, in the book, in the book, you call them Acme, um, you know, for no, he called them Acme, Acme and T. Acme and T. But I mean, <laughs> it's all you got to do is spend two seconds on LinkedIn and know exactly who the hell you work for. So, I mean. Yeah, I, you know, I. I I perfectly word how I frame all that in the uh, the forward to the book. And I, I just, I can't say anything more. All right, then. There you go. He doesn't want to get sued by his former employee that now knows he's wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, what they're going to do is they're just going to, they're just going to have somebody's SIM card hack him probably. Uh, no. <laughs> Take your pistols off. That's what AT&T right. does. They, 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 they have <sighs> No, that's great. I know. I do, I do. I I do not mind you asking, though. But I I cannot answer. Yeah. That. So let me ask you this then. So like, what does your wife think now? <laughs> well, it's like so after she finally 
she finally got it at the very, very end, you know? And so, I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't, I mean, man, we're, we're like, dude, we're so fortunate. I mean, uh, we don't have to, mainly because we don't have, we don't have to, we don't have to like work a corporate job or, you know, so she's a writer too. So she's writing books. She's writing a middle grade book. It's really good. It's going to come out in a few weeks. And, and so, um, but you know, for me, like I, for so long, I'd been focused on the money that I, you know, and I like to talk and think about money, um, you know, and, and she doesn't. So, you know, she could like move right on into like a new life. Whereas for me, I felt like maybe it was like a permanent glitch in my brain. Like it, like it happened too fast, like a diver coming up from the ocean floor. Like I was, you know, so it's been, you know, it's been two years since the big sale and, uh, and, and I've been, so I've been adjusting to the new life. But, you know, the other thing is, is like, I lived it hardcore for two years and then I've been writing this book for, for two years. So, it's almost like I had to live it again. So that's another reason why I was so hard to finish the book. I was so sick of it. You know, I was like just worn out. And uh, so now, now it's time to like move on to the next phase. Uh, but it's, you know, the main difference in life really is just two things. One is with the, the main one, it's like 90% of it is we have, we have freedom to do what we want. And that's like, that's worth everything, you know? Okay. But I have to know, you know, when anytime somebody comes into a chunk of money, um, they usually go and buy something. Yes, I have to yes. know what is what is the the first big thing that you went and bought. Yeah, it was really two things. One was we bought a new Audi um, A8 or whatever it is, V8. I'm I'm not really. And yeah, you paid my wife, cash, right? You paid cash. Well, pay, well, we paid cash, and it was you know January 2018. Crypto was everywhere, and uh, the salesman he said something and I, I was always trying to look for a way to bring up crypto. I, I just couldn't help it. And he ended up, we had a big discussion about crypto and, and uh, yeah, we bought that. We bought that with cash and that was great. And then, and then the other thing was, is travel. Like we go, we travel all over the place and we went to, we went on this trip to Japan uh, and we used this like high-end travel service and it was like unbelievable. It was, you know, it was like, it felt like we were a celebrity and you know, they had like different, you know, just personalized guides everywhere and stuff. And, you know, you got to get used to it. It's like, I, I didn't grow up with money. My dad was a high school principal and uh, my mom, you know, worked at Sears retail and we did fine. But um, so, you know, there's a little bit of that, like almost, it's not guilt, but it's kind of like, Oh God, these are all like the douchebags I used to complain about, you know, and then, you know, and then thinking about my kids, maybe having, you know, we got to hold on to this money and live off it. So there's no guarantees, but you know, they could have trust funds one day. And it's like, oh man, the dreaded trust funders, you know, they, those never turn out well. Well, you know, I, I find this regardless of how much money you have is like, as long as they're grateful for what they have and teaching them, you know, to become a functional adult, that's just pretty much how I've, I've, I've lived life is that, you know what, it's like, no, there's no perfect guideline on how to be an amazing, perfect parent, but give them love and, and give them, you got to give them some boundaries too. But I always find that, you know, my goal is as a dad is to help them become a functional adult. And they don't always necessarily see that as how I'm, how I'm doing it. But really it's like, overall, I've noticed their skill sets have grown pretty good and they're functioning pretty well because, you know, it's just, it's just a, it's a crazy world out there, especially because, you know, a lot of kids get coddled and they don't have adversity and they don't know how to face adversity. And, then they start screeching to the sky when they start having a little bit of problems or challenges in their life. Need a safe, need a safe space. But hopefully I can help them avoid the, the need for a sp safe space and embrace the, the challenges that they have. Yeah, no, I completely, that's well said, man. That's exactly right. And you know, that's the thing. I mean, 
the thing is, is like, you know, my kids are, you know, like uh, 15 and below. And, uh, you know, the challenges they have are like, you know, friends or they didn't make the sports team or whatever it is. And the money really doesn't help all that. So in what in one way to look, it's like, that's good. You know, they can, you know, that, that, that problems aren't solved by, you know, oh, the fact that we have like a bunch of money now, you know, it's that those kind of adversities aren't really, you can't help them really with money, but uh, you know, it's, it's true, man. It's, it's tough. It's, it's tough. And I, I like when you said, you see their skill sets growing. I, I completely agree. Like my, uh, my 10 year old read um, the, uh, oh, that big book. It was like the Celestine prophecy. No, it wasn't that one. It was the other one. It was uh, about the, the picture of Da Vinci's painting. Um, with all the people there is a huge massive hit anyway dimension code yes yes totally unimportant nothing intellectual but i'm wow he read like a real book like well, you know, actually like, there's you know uh, brown's uh account actually has it's historical fiction right i mean yes. the, the fictional part what you know whatever but uh it is interesting because you do learn a lot about da vinci and in the history um it's totally fascinating it. i agree and it was just uh, and it was just like as a pair it was one of those moments you're like okay, like that's the youngest and he can actually read a book like, all right, we've, some milestone has been passed. That is better, great. better than the film, that's for sure. So, yeah, you know. yeah exactly. So, yeah, so you got that. Yeah, do you pay your kids in crypto? Is, that, is, <laughs> no. is there allowances in crypto? You know what, man? We don't even do allowances. This is the one thing. Eileen and I didn't grow up doing a lot of chores growing up. So we're, you know, it's like, and it's not because we want to spare them. It's just more of a hassle to get them to do the chores. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they still kind of do all their homework and stuff. But I don't know. Do you do you have your kids do chores for an allowance and stuff? Uh, definitely. I, I had them in, I had them, what I used to do this thing called uh, Katcha because the Katcha doing something good right that's that's ah. a really that's a really good thing is oh i caught you doing something good and i'd give them like a little ticket and then when they got enough tickets i would allow them to come down and, and pick out like a silver coin right a uh, unique silver coin that was really cool because what happens is is with parenting a lot of times there are people are always harping on you for the bad shit that you do yep. but but they don't ever catch you doing the good stuff and you want to reinforce the good stuff but unfortunately, most parents reinforce the bad stuff because they're always getting on to them about things they don't want them to do. So if you get on to them when you find them doing things you want them to do and reward that, then they start doing stuff on their own. Like, oh, they just they just emptied out the, the dishwasher on their own. And they're they're kind of looking, am I going to get a kacha? Right. And it's like, hey, good job. Here's a kacha. And like five kachas turned into like a silver coin or something. So. Something like that was always fun, kind of gamifying the chore yeah. deal and, and just, just incentivizing them to be good. That that's great. We got to do that too, man. That's that's and also we're trying to get do more of like volunteer work. And we we so we we give to charity. Like we we we've always given to charity. You know, nothing like extremely extravagant at all. But we and we we do that more now at like a higher level. But like we've got to. That's one thing, especially with the kids. We got to since we have this big sum of money, we've got to like uh boost that up and and uh and have like a plan for it you know that's another thing i mean a because it's the right thing to do b because it teaches them you know we go to this trip in japan and they're being like waited on and stuff and you know you just you've got to balance it out to give them some perspective well, hopefully we're both salt of the earth enough where they're not gonna you know absorb all this like we're gonna have the right watches and stuff like that but um but anyway yeah that's that's a like the kacha i love that it's great so I wonder, Dan, where do you see yourself? You know, are you a, um, a long-term goal kind of guy? I guess I should start there. Do you have, you know, are you like a 10-year, 20-year plan kind of guy? Are you like, let's just see what happens next? 
Um, kind of in between. I, you know, I, I really love to write and, uh, you know, so I've, I've, I want to write, I want to write more. I want to write a book. I want to get back into blogging. I know I want to write another book. I want to get back into blogging. Um, you know, it's funny. Part of my spiel here was, um, you know, I'm not like a Ted talk ready speaker. I'm not, you know, like I'm, you're not getting, this is not my platform to like be a business coach or something like that. But, but I enjoy talking about it. And you realize once you start, once you write a book, you actually have, you actually thought so much through to get it on the page in the right way. You actually have good answers to everything. And it's like, you're not really faking it if you actually spent the right time doing the book. So, and, and people, it, I th- I do think there's like good things in the story for people to hear and also enough interesting points and insanity that it keeps their interest. So I've thought about maybe doing some like uh, public speaking kind of stuff. These are all like super early thoughts. I mean, I'm going to be promoting the book for the next probably two or three months, but I want to write more. And then honestly, dude, I've got to get, I got to get back into shape because I, uh, I gained 20 pounds in the last six months, just trying to finish this thing. I would like reward myself with like a box of Krispy Kremes. <laughs> and, it's, a crypto uh, diet. it's like the, the new, the newly crypto rich diet, eating shitloads of carbs. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. No, I did all the keto stuff and then added in all the carbs and sugar. Yeah. It was a really good plan. So, you know, I gotta, I mean, that's, that's like on the side. I mean, I, I have the time. I have absolutely no excuses, you know, although your calendar fills up with stuff that, you know, nature abhors a vacuum, even though I don't go to a job, um, I, you know, it still fills up, but I, I absolutely have time to do anything I want to do. I'm like, I said, I'm super blessed in that way. So I got to get my ass back in shape and you know, so, so I don't blow it here by getting diabetes and like dying in five years, you know? Yeah. It's super easy when you are living comfortably to let yourself go. And, uh, you know, the times that I've done best at being in shape is when things are really hard, right? Because then, uh, but when things are going good, it's easy to get fat. You know, you're, you're totally right. For me, it was like rewarding myself because I was putting every ounce of concentration into the book. But when I got fired from my job, um, I look back at pictures then and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I was working out on like the punching bag and running. And I was like, mm-hmm. damn, I was like thin. And you never know it at the time. You're like, God, I look good. If it would help to, you know, have some strife in your life, you could just donate. <laughs> Uh, you know, whatever you have left to the bad Seriously. crypto fund. And uh, <laughs> and then you'll be like, oh, crap, I got to get in shape. Mm-hmm. And, Travis and, we'll, and I will have, we'll have Christy Creams. We'll only give it back to you after you're no longer fat. Yeah. Welcome to the <laughs> fat crypto. The fat crypto podcast. <laughs> totally. It's got a ring to it. I like it. Maybe I, you I, should do the, maybe you should do your own podcast, the fat crypto. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'd have to just, uh, you keep putting on the pounds. Yeah, absolutely, man. That works for me. Yeah. And like by the by the final episode, you're like totally get me hot soda. Good stuff. Hey, uh, Dan Conway is the author. The book is Confessions of a Crypto Millionaire. Dan, where can people get a copy? So it's uh, for now, it's all on Amazon. You know, uh, you know, I talk about decentralization, but these days it's all about that Amazon algorithm. And so I have an audiobook, a paperback and an ebook up there. And um, it's all about trying to build, get Amazon to start recommending it to more people. So, you know, you mentioned the title. It's right up there. Um, and if, if people wanted to follow me elsewhere, um, I'm the best place. Uh, I have a website, DanConwayWriter.com. I'm also on Twitter, DanConway650. You can call him at 867-5309. <laughs> That's right. I love it. Ask Gen for, X reference. Ask for Gen A. Yeah, totally. Oh, Dude, Gen X. Gen X, I love it. There's a lot of Gen X references in the book, too. People said, oh, it's a great Gen X book. I'm like, oh, mate, That's great. That's good to hear. 
All right, brother. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Hey guys, I had a blast. You guys have a great show, man. Keep it up. Um, it's uh, and I uh, thank you for having me. Thank you, Chris. Confessions of a crypto millionaire, and uh, he just poured his soul out to us. Thank you so much, Dan. You're very welcome. And next up on Who Wants to Be a Crypto Millionaire? Everybody, me, please, me, 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 please, me, <laughs> me. Uh, dude, that dude was so insightful and ready you know he pulled the trigger no guts no glory right you know what the ones who do the biggest risks are the ones that have the biggest rewards like you know that that's the whole thing i'm I'm listening to this book that uh, john lee dumas recommended the one thing and and they they talk about how you know putting your eggs in one basket how that thing is like oh don't put your eggs in one basket it's like no put your eggs in one basket focus on what it is you're trying to accomplish if you try to put a little bit over here and a little bit over there, then guess what? Nothing grows. It doesn't, you're not going to have, you know, a, a, you know, big growth in your life, typically financially, uh, or, you know, in your career, because it's like, if you're just trying to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that, then chances are you don't really get, you don't really get great at what it is you're trying to do. Yeah. You know, I guess I'm going to take exception with that because I actually gave a talk here at social media day, just uh, the other day here in Denver. And I'm, I think that there's something that can have your focus at one time, but I got eggs in a lot of different baskets. And that's actually a key to my success is, is experimenting with a lot of different stuff. So maybe uh-huh. I'm misunderstanding it, or maybe it's one of those things where there's not a one size fits all, you know, people are so different in our approaches to things. Yeah. Uh, I, so I, I think that because, you know, I'm all about stacking skills and growing in, in different areas. But then again, it's like your one thing is you're a public, you're, you're a public speaker, you're doing podcasts, you create content. So it's like, you know, you, your internet marketing stuff. So it is kind of one thing. It's just different versions of the one thing right and so i think that you know if you want to be the very best brain surgeon in the world then you know you're going to focus on being a brain surgeon and you're going to spend as much time to becoming the best as as you can right so i think that's really part of the deal is spend time focusing on what it is that you want and and you know if you don't have a goal then how do you how are you ever going to get there you're not going to get where you want to go if you don't actually put work in towards it and, and focus work well, there is that brain surgeon that also went to school to be a proctologist. So he was fully qualified to do, you know, to get people's heads out of their ass. <laughs> That's really good. That's perfect. If you didn't make that joke, I would get ready to make that joke. <laughs> that scares me that we're on the same page there. Well, <laughs> hey, everybody, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, we have a lot of really fantastic interviews in the can. I'm not sure which are coming up next because we've recorded so many but you're going to want to make sure and be subscribed to this podcast and then tell a friend you know now is the time this is when the markets are like eh. this is when the people who really understand that blockchain is the future are listening in the people that are just in it for the price they like fall by the wayside and you know they go back to listening to other stuff but you guys who are here you know that this thing is going to blow up again in price at least you believe it is like we do and that uh, you're in it for the long haul because this is world changing stuff. Yeah. I mean, you can get Bitcoin right now, less than $8,000 of Bitcoin. Like, you know what? I mean, the thing is, is that even in February, it was at 3,200, right? 
and then it got all the way up to thirteen thousand. It did like it did like almost a four X. Did it four X? That's that's great. And so now we are here at a little under a little under eight thousand. And you know what? We've seen the all time high is twenty seven thousand. McAfee still seems to think by the end of the year we're going to hit fifty thousand. I think he is a little little loco on that one. I would be glad if we could see ten thousand by the end of the year. Quite frankly, and it should be interesting to see the rest of this year. And uh, we, you're right. We do got a lot of great interviews in the can, and we're going to be creating a lot of more great interviews at World CryptoCon and Vegas Blockchain Week. So if you guys have not had a chance to get your tickets to that, make sure to do that. You can uh, get some discounted tickets courtesy of us, actually. 100 bucks off. You can go to badco.in forward slash WCC. We'd love to, love to hang out with you in Vegas. It's going to be awesome, baby. It is going to be awesome. So two things. One, I think you're confused. We're on the crypto exchange. It's not the Forex exchange. I know that that was like a minute old. I, I just didn't want to interrupt you with that joke. Here's the other thing. I just checked out the Twitters and timestamp uh, 9.50 a.m. Mountain Time on October 7th. McAfee just tweeted that the McAfee DEX goes live in an hour. List any Ethereum-based coin for free. So this his thing is is starting to happen. He's got a comparison chart between him, Ether, Delta, Coinbase, IDEX, Kraken, and Bisk showing the benefits of listing on the McAfee deck. So this is going to be interesting to watch. MacX. Nice. Yeah. All right, gang. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Travis, go get on a plane and uh, enjoy your time in Europe. And stay bad, my friends. Stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.